Hello everybody and welcome to our full album review for Conway the Machines Project Everybody is Food 3. Like we said, we're going to keep doing a Griselda project every week leading up to the Griselda Records release, which I think is next week actually. Anyway, this time is Everybody is Food from Conway the Machine. We're going to go through that project track by track like we do over here on the Headspace Podcast. My name is Holden Stephen Roy. My name is Chris Chrome. This is, like I said, the show where we go through the albums. We give you our thoughts and opinions on each song. We tell you what we think. And then we hope to get some dope comments where you tell us what you think. Now, often y'all Griselda fans are very educational, taught us many things. And I just look forward to seeing what y'all have to say and, and kind of connecting with y'all so we can share our love of the music of these fine people. Because as I speak for Behind That Suit, Behind That Suit likes Griselda Records, even if the people here don't necessarily. Chris might might not. We'll talk about that after. But the official stance of Who said I don't like Griselda? Is Griselda Records. The is argument fire. last time was Little Peep. No, no, no. no. Shh, shh, shh. Let's keep moving along. Anyway. Before we jump into it, and we do care a lot about your comments, we do care a lot about what you think, uh, we want to give a quick shout out to the patrons in advance, it's Milka Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Connie Sparks, they're dope, touch on that while you're still watching, because they're awesome, and then let's keep on going, Chris, what album are we talking about today? So, for this third Headspace Podcast bonus review, I we what he's trying to say as everybody in, is food. And it's three. Since you guys may not care, this is the third one in a row we're recording. But for you, it's just another episode getting put out on another day. Uh, still, I have come to really like Griselda Records sound. Um, Conway the Machine, Westside Gun, and Benny the Butcher just, just bring an energy and a confidence and a swagger I've come to be really into listening to. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we like to contextualize our familiarity with the artist. Uh, basically in 2019, we discovered Griselda Records. By the end of 2019, Griselda Records is the dopest. There's just the overall sound to me. Like here's an example. I hit up my elliptical this morning because now I'm a guy with an elliptical and I'm going to use that shit. And I'm pushing it on that elliptical and I'm feeling the sweat and stuff. And I was listening to Tech 9. It was I. It was good elliptical music, but it wasn't like great. Chris Calico came on. Not the best elliptical music for me. It was okay. Then I put on um, Conway and the Machine. It's just like I, I, my, my literal, my strides per minute went up because Conway made me grind harder. That's the kind of impact Griselda Records, because the grind music, I'm a guy on the grind. I treat that elliptical like it's grind shit, like it's a score to beat, like I gotta turn my body into a temple and all that other crap. And I just felt like, ah, oh, just this, this energy that Griselda brings that I fucking love, okay? I really do. Uh, we'll get into some of the more nuances of lyrics and stuff as we go through the project, but that's where I'm at. I'm a fanboy for Griselda Records' sound. That just gritty griminess, just everything. And I mean, if you want more information, you can check out our previous reviews. Because in case you were wondering, we've talked about Tana Talk Three. We've talked about the plugs I met. We talked about um, 
Fly God. Fly God is an awesome god. Uh, we talked about Conway's project, Look What I've Become. Griselda Ghost. You know, like, and it's been real. We almost talked about the beat tape, and we might. We might even just make a quick review on that fucking beat tape that appeared on West Side Gun Spotify, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. So there's been a lot of releases, a lot of love, and honestly, even after the Griselda Records drops, if you guys want to see us keep going through Griselda projects, let us know. Oh. Chris loves going through these bonus episodes, keeping him at my apartment for lengthier periods of times on a Saturday, and he'll do it for y'all. Um, so it'll be really Hitler fun. Wears Hermes 7. Oh, that's true. Yes, Chris did that I one did too. That one. So as you can see, Griselda's Which dope. I just want to state because you're telling people I don't like Griselda. I, I made never it. Said that. Right, yeah, you oh, I hinted so at it. Does it? Uh, I clearly stated the more I am listening to Conway, Benny, and Westside, I am getting just enthralled with what they do. And do, 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 do. I'm really starting to just understand what it is they do. It's and just the vibing, more and man. more we go, it's just that vibe that they create. I'm really excited for this. I forgot to look up what food meant, um, but uh, the, the project's called Everybody is Food. It is the third in this installment, and I like the cover because... It looks like Scarface. I think it's Scarface. It, all, it kind of gives me a Pacino feel. He's pointing the gun and whatnot. I just, I love how they get out of copyright infringement, right? So you got that, like, over his face. It's basically Conway in a ski mask in his face. Kind of in, like, like kind of in the background. Like, it's a reflection that's, back. That's, I feel like that's, um, if you look at some of the other ones, they have the same resemblance as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's their their way of getting around copyright infringement. I'm talking literally the ski mask photo. Like in another one, there's like I think it's West Side Gun, uh, or it's my. No, be no, Benny, I know, but like, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. Right. I'm not arguing with that. I was just saying it. I I can't figure out what food stands for, but that's fine. If you can find it, that'd be cool. I should have looked it up ahead of time. I wasn't that worried about it. I was more interested in it, but I just like how they dodged the copyright by having those pictures interloped on top of actually copyright material because it's the literal definition of transformative, and it's really cool to me to see that go through. Plus, they're all mixtapes, but I bet with like a real the Griselda album, uh, the shady money will help them clear anything that they need to get cleared. Um, anyway. You ready to get into this? Let's get yep. into this little eight-track experience. Let's do it. It's called E I F. Is Everybody the first. is food. Yeah, that. It's just like your head starts bopping the do 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 kind of grittiness to it, the griminess of that beat, the vibiness. I bet I'm gonna like Wu Tang more when I go back inside of the next Wu Tang project. I just feel like there's this rawness to it. Um, here's the, the the general feeling I have of Conway the Machine. His confidence in every lyric is powerful, and it's, it's common across all the Griselda folk, but like, you can tell that Conway knows he's a good rapper, but he's about to grind, and he, he puts it in, and just the way he starts it off. So you got the intro, and then hard work instead of talent, but I work harder than people, and I got better talent. That's hey. a fact. I love the ad-libs, just the reaffirming it. Like, he doesn't really need you to pat himself on the back because his ad-lib does it for him. He pats himself on the back. And I actually, actually really like the way he flows it. But what a way to start work. Start, like, first of all, fuck talent. That doesn't exist. It's hard work. But when you are talented, hard work is actually a fucking dope thing to have, you know? Right. And it's that ethic, right? Because what attracted me to the griselda squad was the educational nature of their lyrics the motivational tidbits that you can apply to your life now granted i might not be a crack dealer 
I do work in an office place and grind is a real part of my world and reality in the competitive office political situation where you gotta, you know, do a lot of, you know what, some of this, the, the, the mindset that I've learned from these kinds of rappers has really helped me navigate the political landscape of corporate America is what I'm trying to say. So I'm super grateful to guys like Conway who want to take the time to help me think more strategically by almost using these parable of their own lives to kind of a floss and say hey we made it but b here's how you can make it too it's ne it never just feels like it's about them it's about them but it's about them and squad and and how you can kind of replicate that model for yourself i like something that conway says in the first verse uh people thought i was broke so i bought more designer i wore that kind of shit your hoe admire luxury foreign driver pistol possession in all my priors these people are all liars i know some zoes will push your shit for opalaka for mars i like how having designer clothing has become such a status symbol that he and i feel like conway doesn't really give a fuck about it though not at all but he knows that he knows that if he if he has to prove that he's got money, he'll just go out and buy whatever designer thing, which doesn't bother him because he's got money, and it'll also give him the views he needs, the clicks, whatever, because y'all blindly follow these things. Which I appreciate, and it's the attitude of it that I think is cool, because he's saying, this isn't important, but apparently it's important to y'all, so I'm willing to adapt myself to the circumstances to get the end results I'm looking for. That's some real laws of power shit. The book my laptop sits on in these episodes is the 48 Laws of Power because it's a really great book. And when you read that and you listen to the mentality of a guy like Conway the Machine, it makes me feel like he's read that book too. Um, and I just kind of like the way he flosses through with the chorus. Everybody's food. I told them people. They ain't believe me when I said it. I showed them. I put the Yoda in the pot, put the soda on top, make it lock. Now knots won't fold my... And it just repeats it. And, you know, we always say the second part has a different part. We, you know, we got extenders in the Glock. If it's drama, let me know. We pull up, hop out, put holes in. And it's just this braggadocious, uh, we really lived that life. So we really about that shit. And if you really want to question it, this is the consequence of the action. Not so much, uh, not just braggadocious, but I also think it, he uses it to solidify how real they are. So somewhere else in verse two, he goes, meals in different countries without an album on the shelf already did it on my own, homie. Now you want to help? It's like to really think that I, is there an official Conway album or are they all just EPs? I'm pretty sure the, the first album was Look What I Became, which just came out. So when this dropped, there had been no album. Okay. So um, it's cool to think that like he's also standing out here going, y'all are busy making albums. We're just making content. We're just making projects. And that's giving us the income well, that we need. I look at it where he's like, we treat the quality of our work regardless to such a, a thing where we, what we put out is so good that we haven't even put out an album yet and people are pushing it and believing in it and put, purchasing it or at least right. he hasn't put out right. an album yet and everything he's done is so hot that like almost like eight just wait for the album because when it drops it's going to be the real shit but in the meantime you can put out whatever the fuck you want you can put out content i put out quality is kind of the that's how I took that kind of shit, and I think he's also bragging about the fact that he treats this game like everybody's competition. He's gonna eat anybody that he's coming from, you know. Um, 
and I just feel feel it in the way he raps, just the energy that he puts forth, and the fact that he has this crazy tight, upbeat, quicker flow. It's kind of off time, but it's really enjoyable to listen to. And again, the attitude is just perfect, you know? And then he shouts out his boys. I was broken on the come up. I ain't have nobody but myself and Derringer on West and Benny. And then it's like, okay, so he has his peoples. So yes, he's like on his own, but he's on his own with the, the squad. Right. You know, which I kind of appreciate that he never forgets the squad. Because some people are on their own and pretend like the squad never existed. Um, anyway. But and really, we apparently the best to send me... I like that too. The best, the semi, because it's like the halfway. I don't know, but like also with the gun, but also like, you know, where we're pretty good where we're at with it. Mm -hmm. I got it with me. I'll air him with the skirt and spin him when it hit him and it's tearing in his flesh. But I'm apparently a threat because they compare me to the best. But who really fucking with me? Because I ain't here a person yet. And I really appreciate that, right? Because I guess the consequence of this move is people may be shifting. Have you not noticed how the sound of hip hop is has been shifting towards this more lyrical flow? Yeah. And if you look at a Conway the Machine, he's clearly not trying to do this auto-tune zingy shit. He's just dropping some hot shit. I guess the streets is picking it up. People is jumping on it because it's got this more authentic feel to it than a lot of the flossiness. We're coming into an era where music trends are changing because it's about that time of the decade. And I think Conway realized that, especially with the Shady deal, that he and his squad are what the new sound is probably going to be, or at least be a huge player in defining what the new sounds are going to be. So I like the fact that he has been able to kind of modernize this retro feel and just drop this crazy energetically dope track. I like it a lot. How do you think about it? I do enjoy it. I do think that it really kind of sticks with the whole feel that I keep getting when it comes to Conway and Griselda themselves. Um, I like how when he was addressing the whole uh, designer, again back to the designer line, um, I like how he understands what product marketing is. In the sense of like mm. himself as the product, not only is he the rapper or whatnot, but he knows what the fans want. And it connected to a line of what West Side Gun said on the last project that we did, Griselda Ghost, where he goes, all I, uh, I think it's uh, something like all I need is a, is a gun and a, and a loyal fiend in terms of like having that clientele come back well i kind of put that as like the clientele is coming back because they have the really great product so they keep getting it in and it's like they know what these fiends or these fans we can call them want as a product so he's like 10 steps ahead he's like y'all want me to look super rich gangster and have fancy clothing fine i'll do that y'all just spend your money on me yeah, he'll play the part, but also he recognizes the fact that people are already trying to copy what he does, already trying to reproduce what he does, as in, you're likely going to see a lot of fake gangster types show up in the next little while. Not like, I guess, the singy versions. I mean, like, dudes who want to be Conway the Machine, dudes who want to be Griselda, especially when the Shady Project drops, especially when that shit goes number one. I think 2020 is going to be a very fascinating year for new hip-hop music in terms of the trends and what people desire to listen to shifting. What I really hope happens is long songs come back, but I'm not that hopeful for that. Um, what? I hope long songs come back, like four oh. or five-minute tracks, real, like, whatever, but we'll see what happens. I gave this a 4.5 on 5. I gave this a 4.3. 
I also love the beat. I just think it's well put together. I think their beat selection is absolutely ridiculous for consistency. I've come to just accept the fact that anything Griselda does, the beats are always just great. And they're all going to be really similar, and they're all going to be similarly consistent, and that's but actually really dope. I find that they're similar, but they're different in a way. Like, every beat has that similar, I guess, tone or vibe to it, but they all sound yeah, different. Yeah, they're all like, different. You, you know they're different. Like, But, like, it's, like, branded with, like, the Griselda stamp in just the sound of it, which exactly. is really cool. So the next track on the project is called... Order from the basement, now we're here. That was awful. Man, is that, like, guitar open? It's just such a cool sound. The way but, the guitar notes are really strung out really yeah. makes a nice effect on the sound. And I love how, in a sense, another thing Griselda Records will do and just as like like a principal thing it's to pay homage to those who paved the way if you're a crime rapper i suppose to some degree or another 50 cent is going to be if you're a crime rapper from new york of all places mm -hmm. whether it's the city nyc or if it's in buffalo 50 cent is bound to be a name you're going to have listen have now i've read the 50th law and learned a little bit about his life and uh when you hear the little quote at the beginning where you can hear uh, the song, I think it's Many Men is playing in the instrumental, kind of just driving home, it's 50 talking. And he's like, where I'm at, the price of life. Where I grew up, the price of life is just cheap. So if you got the money, if you got the bag, it's going to happen. When you drop it, it's a go. So you tell me who, oh, you think I don't drop the bag? That's what you said? Nah, you got to be kidding me. It's like the easiest thing in the world. And it just feels like he gets money in an environment where, you know, maybe not everyone is capable to, where it's a little bit more turbulent. But the fact, the idea of where uh, where I'm at, the price of life is cheap. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I don't I don't know how to interpret that. I don't know if it's like it means that people don't value their lives. Absolutely. Okay. Or because like it's like if you're in an environment where death is so commonplace that like I guess if you look at like Chicago statistics, right? Like, what is it? One out of every five black men dies before 25 or something like that. Like, right. there's crazy st statistics. Like you're you almost brace yourself psychologically to be willing to die and so on the flip side of that when money gets involved in it um you're probably at least for your average person gonna want to live it up because you you don't have that long so it's kind of like because the way i interpret it is like once money and things start happening you're you no longer value your life but you're more focused on you money you can also flip that up and be like and literally to kill a person or to take care of things, the price of life is, is cheap on both ends of that. Like it's one of those really deeper, it means a lot of things at the same time line. So I thought it was a cool like preface for the track. And right. then, you know, he starts off again, you know I don't drive nothing basic, 200 foot a spaceship, who wanna race it? Paid 100 foot a brace and another milk coming, I can taste it. And I like that. You know, he's got success, but it's not over yet. He can feel, like, further success coming. That type, that type of determination is what really uh, aspires through a lot of their music. It's the fact of it's never enough. Or the visualization that he delivers in the next part. I'm a legend. Let's fucking face it. You'll find murals on my face in a dozen places. Facts. I'm from the bottom. I'm from the basement. So when you say I'm the illest, that's an understatement. Which I really like because... It's amazing. I like how... Like, they're known worldwide. They claim, they've said that. They, we know this. Um, but I like how 
he goes, I'm, I'm from the bottom, uh, I'm from the basement, as if, like, you really get this picture of them, like, recording in the basement and starting there, and also, like, lower. People them. who are in the basement literally are sicker, in a literal sense, but also you get the sense of the iller, the darker environments, the basement, the grunginess, yeah. from the bottom, the dredges of life. Yeah. But it's more, to me, what I find incredible is he knows where he comes from, he saw where he's going, and in his mind, he already, he's already there. He, he can see the murals. He can see the future. He knows what's coming. And that's boss shit. And that's the type of shit I practice in my life. So to hear that in him, it's just amazing. Um, bodies dropping in my city, you'd be amazed. I would be, because I'm in Montreal where bodies are not dropping like that. No BET awards, no VMAs. Fair enough, eh? It's pointing out that, like, that geographical situation is something I can relate to. From a music sense, Montreal is a hard place to pop off because of the facts of life, of the geography of the situation. If you're in a city like New York City, it's different than, let's say, Buffalo. Right. And um, y'all people selling, uh, y'all people 17 selling a key a day, Jack Boys jumping out your bushes, you're gonna see a kid, y'all four in the morning sipping E and J. It's just kind of getting his flyness to it, and he's kind of observing the youth and how they're behaving and how they're operating, and I guess comparing it to where he's from and what his squad would do. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was gonna say. Um, Y'all people, 17 selling a key a day. It kind of sounds like when he was 17, he was he was moving more than keys, like just one key. He was like really on that big money baller shit, which is really dope. And I like how I like how he's addressing these things without really having to say them he's kind of just like i see what y'all are doing and i'm not really impressed like i was doing way better at that age so that, that was really cool to me um all right basically but then we go into the chorus uh shit getting spooky homie it's an interlude i'm all oh, right the interlude i meant this at this point this shit's effortless i like the little interlude it's kind of like i like how he addresses things are getting spooky because it does have that feel on the instrumental um but also like that the spookiness is how easy it is right like he's what do you mean? shit getting spooky i mean at this point this shit is effortless you know who run this shit so oh, like it's, it's like, spooky how easy it is for him to do this. Yeah, like in a sense where, and I kind of get where he's coming from. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be more successful than I am. What I can say is if you practice doing something a lot, it gets a lot easier. So I could, like, I used to take me a long time to write a verse. Now I can just whip it up my fucking ass. Like, I don't even have to try that hard. If I feel a way, I can just bang it out. I'm not saying it's the best verse ever. Hell, you might not even hear some shit. My point is you can tell that Conway the Machine has put in that level of effort into his life, into practicing his craft, into developing this, that for him, it just rolls off the tongue naturally like that. Like, it just flows. And you can hear it in how every syllable is crisp and clear, how every syllable is placed perfectly on the beat. And I feel like a broken record, because every time I talk about the album, I keep finding the exact same amazing qualities time and time again. And the problem, not problem, the amazing part is, is that it's so consistent like Griselda Ghost is like a four years before this or three years before this album came out right and it's equally as consistent and dope right and I bet every project they released in between is equally as consistent and dope anyway I like when he's like don't come outside if you ain't got your blicker you ain't no killer in one summer shooter popped four people I was shot in my top in the west dropped those Hitlers I didn't actually catch that line first um is he literally saying that like he got shot in the head as west side was doing the the hermes yes that like that was crazy he like things were going off uh he got shot outside of a club that's why he has the lisp or whatever and why his face is kind of how it is 
and he's also pointing out that I got shot, I took this situation, and that was happening while Westside Gum was delivering, I guess... Griselda Ghost was released in 2019. Oh, no, that's the remix. Anyway, re-release. And uh, I just think he's putting out how real he is. It's just, I like that shit. It's like, yo, stop flossing guns if you're not a killer. <laughs> like, just stop doing it. It's not a joke. I've been shot. Don't come at me like that. And I just like that level of stuff. Like, um... I don't know. And then he just ends on this thing where he's like, hit the person in his melon. Where'd your top go? Woo! Feel like I'm losing my mind. I did a line. Young and squeezing a nine. I'm doing it way quicker. He just kind of lets it hang. Like, he just did a lot of blow. And he's just like, oh, I'm feeling that now. Grizzled the Ghost was 2015. So, if, but what I'm trying to say is that the quality of the projects remained consistent from my limited experience, making me want to go back in time and just keep listening to more Griselda albums and reviewing them, and we'll see how that goes. Just to be clear, this is interesting. Um, it was released September 11th, 2015. Why is that particularly well, interesting? Well, September 11th is, is Remembrance Day. Was it a Friday? Uh, September 11th is the day the towers fell. November yeah, 11th. There is. we go. But that's crazy. Like, just is on, it? I mean, that's a was big... it a Friday? Was that just the day albums come out that year? Is that like a significant thing? Are we not supposed to put out things on September? We probably put out reviews on September 11th. Is that crazy? Uh, I, I, I mean, do you guys know if it was a deliberate thing? Anyway, I'm just being a shithead, I guess. Oh, I gave this song. In case you were wondering, a 4.75 because I felt it so deeply and I thought it was pretty dope. That's not telling me what it is. I gave this song a 4.5 on 5. I thought it was fucking great. I really like the flow and the energy from it. I like how he keeps this like spooky theme going. September 11, 2015 was a Friday. Sorry. In any case, I gave it a 4.5. It's great. All right, let's talk about Country Mike, because guess what? It's another fucking banger. Man, I feel like we just keeping it coming on this one, but how do you feel about Country Mike, Chris? I like his flow on this. Uh, watch Froze, Foreign That I Drove, Dodging Potholes, Extended Clips, and the Glocks. We got those. Like, just the way he carries the notes, and he's just kind of doing it nonchalantly. Like, he's not even trying to be technical with it. He's just flowing. It's just so crazy. It's just so great. Um, every, t uh, Versace, Versace, my clothes, every time I answer my phone, that's like a block sold. You can say I got blocks. Like, it's just, it's still consistent. Same energy, same, same lyrics we keep getting, but like, it's crazy well, how he's clear. changing it up. It's the same theme we keep getting. Yes. And yes. he is of that ability to consistently rap on the same core topic, but manage to on every single song with extreme creativity make it diverse and fresh 1100 my o's it's expensive he's got some good shit it's residue on my stove just i like what's the price of crackos or cocos like i don't even know the prices of these i just did not assume that was marijuana because i'll give it to you that's an expensive marijuana <laughs> o but is that expensive or is that a cheap o for other products i'm just not certain 
I guess you're looking. Don't Google that. No, I'm not. Google I'm, that on my uh, fucking I'm, network. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I like the descriptive nature of its residue on my stove. Like you really kind of see that like almost, griminess of the kitchen. But it also almost feels like that amount is just pennies to the dollar. It's just residue on my stove while also referencing the literal aspect, making it kind of a sick double entendre. Right. And I like the fact that they're really smart with their rhymes like that. Um, but like, but check this, right? He follows through. So 1100 my O's, it's residue on my stove. Dior all on my toes, 1100 rock those. So the 1100 he's selling the O for, he uses it to go buy the Dior shoes. Hey, sure. And then he says rock those because crack rocks and then the shoes, which is also good. Them. Choppers, we pop those, damn. I don't know. Oh, I guess he literally said, damn, that's true. I wasn't sure if you were like emphasizing and then I realized that's actually the lyric. I do um, like when he goes, don't try to hide. If we can't find you, we gonna shoot your bitch. Nail her to the crucifix. Gruesome shit. See, I hate rappers. I, I personally just like the I hate rappers part. Fuck you and that person who produced your shit machine. I kind of dig that because I get his energy. I mean, there's I'm a local rapper in my city and there's a lot of rappers in my city. And literally everybody just wants to talk about their shit. Um, I present myself now as media because of this channel, and I can tell you that there's not a lot of interest in my world. It's more how I can contribute to their world. So it almost, I can empathize with, I hate rappers. Fuck you and that person who produced your shit. Because it's like, you don't care about mine. It's, it's, and I know it's petty sounding, but... I suppose the dream is to be quality enough and to be prestigious enough that you can just say that and Conway can just say that. So props. I admire that. It inspires me. I want to be that, <laughs> you know? You know, lately I've been getting a lot of hate. Raise it to the side of your face. You violate blue hundred dollar bills, sniffing coke on Versace plays. Think about all the commas I'm going to make when I create. And I like that. He gets hate, he does his thing, you know, gets a little coked up, feels, visualizes I, for his future, and goes out there, makes another track, knowing that that's going to make him another stack. And I really like the fact that he equates the fact that he's able to both create and use that outlet to do that, but simultaneously make stacks on it, which is really dope. And then... What I like is how, um, so a lot of the music that I listen to, right, this is only based off of what I listen to. A lot of the drug music, I kind of hear, like, you know, snorting lines off of broken plates and all this kind of a grimy thing. I like how they are, like, like inputting that they've always been rich. They've always been lavish. And everything they have to do is, like, well, somewhat. always is a bit of a stretch. They just want, I, I feel like what they're, the, they come from a bad place in terms right. of poverty. But they, prior to rap music, were mm -hmm. in a good enough place that when they come to rap music land, they already desire slash live this posh life. Because it feels like ghetto posh. It just feels like we're going to do fancy shit, but right. it's also really ghetto. Right. Well, that's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, blue hundred dollar bills, sniffing coke off Versace plates. Like... Just the fact that it's like Versace plates, like just know, when you think so of what good. it is. So like, that's what like, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. It's just like, wow, y'all were really the same out here time, doing this, but the being fact at this that type you're of, sniffing coke on a Versace plate probably means you'll make more money off of sniffing coke than if you just because that's a meme, that's a picture, that's a post, that's a lot of money to be made off of doing it on a Versace plate. It's like here's an example: Gucci Mane got like a five hundred dollar haircut. And people made fun of him and shit. That 
Instagram post got retweeted 50,000 times or something like that. Gucci Mane made a lot more than $500 on that post. So just, just to, to extend that, um, I was watching the Brilliant Idiots episode with uh, Black Youngsta and Andrew Schultz was ex was asking him the question, like, how do you keep your fan base? How do you do stuff? And Black Youngsta kind of re responds with like, dude, if you no, Andrew goes, um, how do you know when you make it or like when something's actually working or gaining traction? And Black Youngsta responds with, bro, if you become a meme, like you've made it. So you just keep put like it's kind of like there is that, and I'm just saying this just because you 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 brought you brought up like memes uh, on how Gucci, and I'm just trying to emphasize like it works. Yeah, but I think it's more the how you become the meme. So in this case, it's the deliberate lavishness of it all, right? Mm -hmm. So Gucci Mane paying five hundred dollars for a fucking five dollar or ten dollar haircut is the equivalent of fucking snorting a line of coke on a Versace plate. It's completely superfluous. Plus, you're using fancy ass hundred dollar bills. Like everything about it is superfluous. But by being superfluous, you attract enough money and attention off of the situation that it's actually just good business. And I think a lot of ignorant people, especially in middle class. America missed the point on the great marketing they could be learning from hip-hop like this but then he flips this shit if you ain't got a body you probably can't relate country Mike died in my face in 98 gum was in the yard not on my waist that was a mistake rest in peace my man which I think is really cool just to emphasize like look at where we come from look at the atmosphere we were around and everything and the fact that not having his gun on him was a mistake it, like it really shows that like and you like get this like i learned a lesson situation i learned a lesson yeah. i learned that if you're not prepared for the worst you could lose your boy and that is the consequence of it and almost like that situation that took place that really painful thing the opposite of sniffing coke off a of versace plate went down allowed him to maybe be more vigilant and aware and again it's just telling you this little anecdote from his life to teach you to be prepared you know mm -hmm. and then following it up with yeah i get hate from haters because i'm making paper fucking people i did it my way and now my cake is major hit your face with a razor i slide my stick like i play for sabers and i love the fact that he just brought up the buffalo sabers because that's a hockey bar and you don't get a lot of hockey bars and i'm canadian is it? it's the buffalo sabers dog whoever wrote it wrote it wrong i don't give a shit he's stick hockey stick playing for the sabers they're from buffalo come on it's a hockey bar. I caught a I caught a sports bar. I felt proud. <laughs> anyway, it's actually Sabres. That's sure. S A B R E S. Buffalo. You're Sabres. reading a genius page. I'm telling. I literally looked it up on Google. It's the Buff Buffalo Sabres, fifth in Atlantic Division. I'm looking at all the different football things right now. Or the 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 Senators, the Wild, the Panthers, the Lightnings. Is this hockey? Or the yes, Black it's fucking hockey. Oh. Are you what kind of Montrealer are Bro, you? Bro, I don't follow hockey. Don't even do that. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm that Montrealer. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're killing me, dude. So the Buffalo Sabres are a professional ice hockey team based in Buffalo, New York. Is the first fucking sentence on Wikipedia. Stop looking at pictures and read, motherfucker. Ah, uh, yeah, I went there. All right. You challenged. Right. You shouldn't. You should know better. Stop looking at you're pictures. A I'm Canadian. literally right here. You're. A I got the wiki thing Canadian. right here. Canadian. Doesn't mean shit. Your obligation to no, know no. the team names is real. Okay. Don't be an embarrassment. Who the fuck said Don't. that? Canada. 
It's part of our culture. There's like five things in our culture uh, that aren't American because we basically stole American culture. Fight me on that, Canadians watching this. Uh, all these rappers stealing my lane, I made up. Fair enough, but you kind of or Wu-Tang in it. But I feel what you're saying. I'm who they say is their savior. I feel that because you're bringing some new shit down. Anyway, it's a, it's a pretty great track. It is. Um, and I'm going to give it another 4.5 on 5. I gave it a 4.2. Um, Chris is Chris hurt my soul with that Buffalo Sabres uh, comment because it was just sad that he doubted the fact that I recognized a hockey team being a Canadian, richest in the city in my spirit. Oh. That's what's up. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Earl Simmons is like one of my favorite things in music, so it was very cool to hear DMX being DMX at the beginning and at the end of this track. Cause that's what we start this off with just tmx like fuck man people don't fuck with me they can talk all the shit they want to i'm good i'm good people even got within two feet within a knife can't be serious you know it's kind of again pointing out when people are a little fake a little shifty in this world mm -hmm. and then i like how we get the dmx sample and then the verse starts with don't try and hide boy because we'll catch you but they drop album of the year that ain't even pressure that ain't effort don't make me dmx you you see, uh, and you see, and you see with my dog at war, cause he'll stretch you. Where my dog at? And hey. I'm like, yeah, DMX is where my dog's at. It's a good song. Plus, DMX did album of the year. Plus, and I'm like, yeah, go, 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 Conway. You making me happy here? You know, putting holes in your body. You gonna see a stretcher? I need a milli at the deal, and I ain't seen seeing lesser. So he'll take you out. But again, that quality bar. So I need a milli or I ain't seeing lesser is wisdom at you is saying value yourself. If they're gonna give you a dollar less than what you are worth, do not accept the deal for it is not a good situation. I need check cut. My bitch look like Aaliyah in the Tesla. And I like that he's rapping Tesla. It's an interesting concept though. I apologize for cutting you off. Um the fact like you, how you say it. If you're if they offer you a dollar less than what you think you're worth, don't take the deal. But I guess that's really based on that decision you make of how much you're worth in that moment. No. Like if you ain't really got shit if you and somebody's real, offering you X amount, I mean then you're a whore. Then you're you're not worth anything. If that's if you don't know what you're worth, you're not worth anything. I mean that as crudely as it comes off because you know what? I started to realize what I'm worth and I can tell you something. I know what my corporate America job value is, but I know what my worth is as a person and the value that I can bring to a situation. And when you start to realize that you go, I don't really know if like here's an example. In Montreal it's a common practice to pay fifty dollars to performance shows because for some reason that's normal on the low end of things. I know for a fact that the performance I bring is you should be at least paying me 50 to to $100 to show up and do my 15 minutes. Why? Because I'm going to come prepared, tight, it's going to be fire, I'm going to be ready to go, and comparatively speaking, I'm going to be like your top performer. Well, I don't say that like just bullshit. Like I say that because I actually practice my shit not like everyone else. So yeah, if you're going to buy your way onto a show, perhaps you're not going to put that level of effort in. But if I'm good enough that you're going to pay me, it's because I'm going to put that level of effort in. And I feel like everything psychologically flips into it. So maybe it means I don't even perform again because nobody wants to pay me. But on the other hand, I'm not going to be a bitch again handing over money like I did a couple times because it's not a good deal. And you know what? I do get the opportunity to perform for free. I don't get paid, but I don't have to pay. And so that's an interesting way to look at it. But if I were to just pay for it, I don't know. 
that's not proper that devalues the entire situation so if you don't know what you're worth I guess you're not worth anything so increase your value get your skill set up you know all that shit which I think is the overall mantra of what a Griselda Records brings to the table um, overall some druggy shit comes in which is pretty good you know might take her to freeze her neck up fly fly this person in the room I'm used to being fresher doors up to the genie she'd think I'm being extra or leaving the spot back up I go and see Vanessa sorry I guess that was girl shit and then I call my person pack to cook it when I need it chaffed up 2000 for my you know, it's all fine well I actually like 2000 for my pair of shoes uh, person couldn't walk a mile trying to wear my shoes I'm that big dog I like how He's first telling you, like, you, you wouldn't be able to walk a mile in my shoes, period. You wouldn't be able to live through the things I did. But I like how he's also throwing in that 2000, uh, 2000 for my pair of shoes where it's like, you can't live in my shoes even at the expense of what I buy them. So, mm -hmm. one, you ain't rich enough to buy the, the shoes I buy. And, two, you ain't strong enough or maybe a man enough to even walk in my shoes even if they were, like, bought from whatever low-end store or something. I like the way he, he's putting it, how... I like the way the outro flows through a lot as he's kind of putting out how he's coming through, Shady Records, album's coming. But I like the confidence in knowing he made this Grammy shit cool again. And he's like, look, man, y'all can say what it is, but I brought this new wave of cool in. You know, and when I yeah, I really feel it. I feel this coolness. I feel the energy. I can't think of anybody else doing it as well as they do. And I don't, I'm not saying that. There's like there's a lot of players in this, right? And there's a lot of dudes I like that do this style, but I do think that these guys do it the best. Just to add to that in my final point, uh, just to continue the line, uh, I'm the big dog. I'm compared to who? I'm the richest homie in the club, and I ain't wearing my jewels. But these oh, that's my favorite line. And chose, and I, chose I fucking love that line. To lose. Now I saw a photo on Facebook, and I don't know if this is real or not, but it's a picture of like all these rappers together, and there's Jay Z there, and there's somebody else there. Uh, and the quote of it goes, uh, rich, the two of the richest people in the room and they're not rocking chains. And for yeah, cause it's so poor people shit. No offense, man. But look, I it, say it's, this it's not knowing if the meme is true or the photo is. No, it's facts. I can tell you straight up. That is how it is. Cause rich people are into minimalism. It's a flossing of wealth. Like you're so rich. You don't have to prove it. You can just walk into a room and motherfuckers know it. And in a sense, I try to live my life like that. You know why? Because DMX. Bring it back to that mm -hmm. shit. There's that classic line, how much your watch cost, you just got your watch lost, or however he does it. Whatever. Right, right. And that like, overall mentality. Rob you and, yeah, we get, okay, yeah. Now, I have been robbed in high school. Oh, so Not I. like my bus pass would get jacked and shit. I've had some situations where I've had a couple of nice things get stolen right i think i lost a game boy and it got stolen or a pokemon game or, for me. and so like shit can happen and when that happens to you you start questioning things now i got some nice stuff in life now i mean there's uh i mean without bragging a couple thousand dollars worth of shit in this room that we're in why because i got i got some ambitions and i needed to get some gears and whatnot so in general though i realized if i start walking around as a rapper in my city rocking all this money on my body it's gonna look away and maybe I'm gonna attract a certain kind of attention but what if I walked around ghetto ass looking rocking my old navies like this is some old navy this old navy sweatpants I'm wearing because you can't see my bottom so fuck it is a Saturday 
old navies. You know why? Because the shit doesn't cost a lot of money. You don't look like you're worth a lot of money. These glasses, I bought them on the internet for 30 bucks. Now, there's another side to this. People who don't waste their money on jewelry have money in, in bank accounts and shit. I got a lot of, I got a good amount of money in an RSP right now because I've been doing some grown up shit for a while. And it just, I look around the room, man, and you'll often find that outside of cars where rich people really do floss, when it comes to like fashion and attire in the business world, the richer you are, the simpler you dress. And the grandiosity that comes with chains and shit, because there's no real value to it like there's not you're not making money on this situation to get a custom fucking chain made or whatever it's just it doesn't look like wealth it looks like new money it looks poor by comparison it looks like you've got money and you don't know what to do with it and I, again i don't mean that to insult anybody's fashion choices because yo we all got choices and shit that we make but I don't know even with a lot of money that I would have a, a, a out there look. I might buy some Hermes because it's a fat age. But other than that, it's for real. Hermes is a fat age. It's hard for me to resist it. But like I would have like a pair of Hermes loafers at home and you might see them in a music video one time. Right. But like you'd never see me wear them in the streets. I would wear my Winners, which is our little shitty store, whatever $40 pair of shoes I was wearing. TJ Maxx. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Anyway, that was fun to talk about, Actually, I suppose. And TJ Maxx are the same company. Fair enough. I'm glad we made a parallel. Um, the outro is also cool because it shows how fake everything is. I mean, DMX's outro, where he like sm smacks about how he like knocked out some studio executive. You won't go back there, and it is kind of fair that these people especially a bunch of rich corporate fuckers would talk down to a bunch of guys like DMX, not respecting him like a man, but more treating him like a commodity. And I could see how, in a comparison, people commodify a guy like Conway the Machine, kind of making him sound like a generic part of something else, rather than appreciating him for the brilliant mind that he is, the man that he is, because of his past and whatnot. So I could see how he wouldn't be that popular at the labels. And so that was very interesting too, that he's drawing these comparisons. And so I thought it was cool. And I gave it a 4.35. It was a good song. I gave this song a 4.5. I really liked it. Fair enough. The next one is called Egyptian Cloth. Alright, Chris, how do you feel about this slower, well-paced griminess that we're getting from Conway the Machine over here? I actually like this song. Um, I like how he's sticking with this, like, luxurious type of life, Egyptian clothing from th with the title, which was really cool. Um, and I like how he keeps that sound. Uh, I don't want to call it the Egyptian sound. I think it's, I call it the temple sound. Whenever you're kind of like in that theme, that era, that, that area. Um, I like how he flows on that. And part of that is just, you never know what type of beat you're going to get. You mean the Arabic sounds? I didn't want to say anything. The, the fucking thing's called Egyptian cloth. Like, I, listen, I, I figured that the Arab-inspired music played into that. That's totally fine. I'm Arab just trying to be Arab is not a bad word. It is an entire group. Listen, it is a, it's a region. Listen, I don't want to say anything that's going to fuck me up. I say a lot of dumb shit sometimes on here. So fair, fair I'm going to make sure. The point is, I like how he kept that. And, and I was just like... Wow, they really just take any beat they want that they really feel and they really just go at it. 
Now, it's interesting to me how uh, Conway kind of like is going through this song and questioning why people don't, I guess, acknowledge him as being the best. Um, and it was it was cool. It, it was it was a cool little way of doing it because he's like, I've got this and this is what I do. And why is this not happening? So we start off with, yeah, I whip the block counterclockwise, baking soda, make the product in the pot rise. So he's at work doing what he's got to do a fuck homie i despise i let a shot fly and push these homies shit lopsided yeah okay still kind of knowing you're not gonna be fucked with not trying to fuck around you're trying to keep it on on the one way uh push the bugatti like a speed racer driving mach 5 i really like that reference that was really cool uh how i ain't in your top five so right there like he's questioning like how how am i this good and how much and how do I have this much confidence and this much like recognition that I ain't even in your top five? Why aren't you talking about me? But I don't feel like it comes in a way where he's asking for pity or whatnot. It's just like a genuine like, are y'all dumb? Like that's kind of how I look at it. Like, are y'all really really I'm not up in your top five and I'm out here making content and lyrics and really pushing this weight? Like it was crazy. Um, and I feel like that's just the whole thing of what we get from this song itself. Uh, it's pretty short. Um, it's about like a little under two minutes. Uh, but I do like the energy that I was getting from Conway. I do like how it was just right there. And it was like, oh, I'm really feeling this type of like, I'm rich. Why aren't y'all acknowledging me type stuff? 4.5 on 5. I definitely get where you're coming from. I mean, this is a, a bit of a shorter track. It's about two minutes long. And I feel like he comes in and he hits in with what he's trying to do. He's trying to floss on us again. And I don't mean that in like a demeaning kind of way because sometimes I feel like I'm very repetitive just because I'm lacking better words to describe it. Still, um, I feel like the outro is my favorite part of this with the boom, 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 booms and all of that that really add that emphasis and that just like overall tone. Their ad lib game is really on point. But fuck the Fed cops, free the people that the feds lock, wiggle at your head, top, hollow head, lead pop, teardrops tatted on my shooter's face, dreadlock. Like, it's just descriptive, man. Like, you got these people locked up, you got a shooter there, and you can just picture them with the dreadlocks tatted up, ready to go, ready to do what's got to get done for Conway. Shoot you where you stand, that's what's got to get done. Uh, that's your motherfucking bed spot, hollow nash shit, uh, which I think is a wrestling play, because he does do wrestling bars. Drive-bys playing real cops, youngin' on the backseat shooting till I say stop. Machine got this rap shit in the headlock. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just flows powerfully, and I think Chris covered like the verse pretty well. And overall, it's kind of what the song does. It it brings what we've been getting on this album with the same level of consistency. Only the flows flipped up, and I'm, I like the fact that on every single track on this album, he's got maybe a different styled beat. Again, with that Griselda stamp, but that the flow flips up to something unique and distinct, really showcasing his talent as a rapper. He might not be in my top five, but he also might get there one day, and that's possible, you know? Um, I don't think I have, I'm just going to, since we're talking about top five, I don't think I have, like, a top five rappers. I don't think I've educated enough to get to that point but i definitely think if i really sat there and think about it i could come up with a top five but i can say that the longer i've done these podcasts the more my list has shifted away from stuff where a guy like eminem is probably not in number one anymore and it's grayer like i don't know where i'd put him there's so many different things i care about now that i didn't care about before 
So, anyway. For me, I kind of feel like I don't have a list of favorite rappers because I feel like the more we keep doing these podcasts and there's there's some episodes that there's some artists I've never heard of and there's some groups I've never heard of and then suddenly they're like the greatest thing to me and now they're like this is my favorite rapper of the week so So it's like I feel like everybody in hip hop always has something different to bring to the table whether it's like I just like it or I don't here's an example there's just gonna be like certain people that you come across in your career or your your fan career uh, as a listener that are gonna just stand out as empirically like freaking everything they do is better right and I like as an example Big Pun is ridiculous right as an example like Buster Rhymes in the 90s just was fucking insane with flows right and there's just all sorts of different things but what, based on your preferences mm-hmm. if you really sat there and you really researched it and you went back and you thought about it and you gave it go even further in the future because probably the biggest problem is how much music so quickly we've ingested but 10 right. years goes by right you'll have a list it's gonna be impossible for you to not come and be like that's actually the dude that's the top well, i feel and so this is why i say this right like so i look at people like wiz khalifa and, and this is my own personal reasoning i look at people like wiz i look at people like little wayne i look at people like eminem and growing up in my younger years it was like Little Wayne was like my rapper, my every project, all this, all that, grow this, and then Eminem, and then, you know, but now I'm sitting here at 25, like, I'm not really bumping Wayne the same way he used yeah, to, I'm but, not bumping M, but, I'm not. So there's the part where you're not a kid anymore, but then if you take a little Wayne, maybe if you're into bars and just the consistent output of crazy projects and just mixtape after mixtape, Wayne's right. got, maybe, if, if like, it depends on what you, you like, but... Right. Just because you don't listen to something now doesn't make it less good. I'm I not th- saying less good. I'm just saying I don't know if I can qualify them as my favorite artist. Because I don't it's think like, you, whether or not you listen to them today qualifies them as a favorite artist because okay. life is so mood specific. If you're depressed, you listen to depressed music. If you're happy, you listen to happy music. Right. And if you're happy, is that going to make Rock Bottom a less good song? Of course not. Rock Bottom's always going to be a banger. Right. So I don't really put a lot of stock in my ability to pick a top five because I'm always on the go. Like literally, what, this is the third of four projects we're talking about today that we've listened to just ingested all these tracks. You right. Know? So it's hard for me. So I get out of it. But if I really took the time to run it through and think about it, maybe make a bracket sheet of like, you know, like Anthony Fantano and these guys right. are doing his cheap ass content. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I want to do it too. I want to. I want to make cheap ass bracket content too, like my favorite brackets. If you want to see us do like a brackets video, let me know. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, Google brackets videos of Anthony Fantano. You'll figure it out. Um, anyway, I really again just kind of feel like we're getting this consistent Griselda goodness. Um, I give it a 4.5. I like the evil pitch shifting he does at the outro. I thought it was cool that he would pitch shift like that because it shows his willingness to fuck around with some young people shit being an old man like he is because right. he's in his 30s. Right. Anyway, in London, there's a pound. So London Pound features the homeboy, and that was very exciting. Burner! Yeah, his name is Burner. Um, I fell onto Burner back when uh, I was listening to Wiz Khalifa and the whole Taylor Gang click. That's where I met Burner, and he was always really good. I've always enjoyed him. I've literally never heard of Burner before today, so it was kind of nice to hear his voice because I like his smooth voice, his flowiness to it. I thought he was a good contrast. Like, Conway has a more in-your-face kind of 
swagger to his confidence, whereas Burner has that almost really laid back feel to it, where he almost, I want to say sounds lazy with it, but his like energy is on the minimal side of things, but in a really cool way, which Not I sure really one. like. Yeah, it's nice. Um, lyrically, it's cool. A vacation house cost a quarter million for the week. That's an expensive house. You're doing very well off, sir. I appreciate that. From rubber bands on the wrist to VVs on the new Philippe, we got a different reach. I'm global, plus your boy a mogul. A million pounds at the ranch house in Acapulco. I'm like, damn, you're doing pretty good, man. You're doing well with your global reach. You are totally crushing us. I appreciate you letting me know and reminding me that I'm failing by comparison to the darkness <laughs> of your life, Burner. I do like how he's connecting these rhymes, like just, just the way he goes, right? Acapulco, rare polo, a vintage lenses, I'm whipping benzes. Like it's, it, he, he has this kind of free-flowing structure that That's really nice. fits that I do enjoy. They broke, they want to see me fail because the bag is stale. No, I don't really want to see you fail. I just don't want you to rub it in my face so much that I'm failing, okay, but Burner? I, don't, I, think, I think it's like... Crab cakes, but I don't think it's us. Combos with the real cartel. I want to just talk about that for a second, though. I don't think it's us because, as artists, and like we understand that grind, right? But I think it's a lot of the people. I I mean, I think it could be us. I think it's basically people who are haters. There are going to be people who see him doing well with his life and just because of that hate him. And I think that if I'm making fun of him. I'm, I'm trying to be comical here. I'm trying right, to like, make fun of the fact that sometimes these guys come off in ways where me as this little fucking Montreal reviewer feels threatened. I don't. I really don't. Well, what I'm trying I just to think s- it's funny. What I'm trying to say is, is like, so even even doing the podcast, like I've encountered some situations where there's like people who like are not even doing what I do, but they're hating on what I do. And that's the type of people I think he's also kind of addressing. Yeah, of like, y'all are broke. Y'all are mad that you just ain't doing what Look, I'm doing. Have you been following Montreal's hip-hop Facebook? It's it's grandiosity. It's so much hating. These guys have just put so much shit on blast. It's fucking comical. So, yeah, I get what he's talking about. I just think it's um, it's funny sometimes to be a person who's talking about these people and maybe I'm not thinking it's the most amazing thing and it can come off like I'm being a hater. But I think it's kind of... I just find it like... The one thing I can say about Burner is at the end of his verse, I don't feel like Burner cares if my life is better. Whereas I feel like Conway to some degree is, again, always painting a picture to make life better by giving you something to follow. Whereas Burner just kind of flosses. And I've noticed that difference between some of these dudes and the ones that I really like. I kind of took it as in like Burner is the, f- uh, just for this song in a concept way, Burner's kind of like the final product of what Conway does. And I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not saying that literally, I'm, I'm saying in terms of the concept of the song, Burner kind of feels like his verse is like a finalized version of what, what you get once you put in the work and you do all this stuff. And... Uh, Conway, everything Conway does is always this like we're the best, we're this, but it's also this educational of like well, if you strive and you grind, but and this it's is what like, you do to be strategic. What I mean is more that there's a more like realistic, less fantasy side to it. So right, like take it, my a hundred thousand last month. That's just from booking shows, pointing out, yo, look at the amount of money you can make doing this clean shit. My bro just took a loss. It hurt him to his soul. He lost 100 UPS workers then took his load. I mean, that's crazy. Again, admitting loss. That's something that happens. No matter who you are, you're going to deal with loss. And so just seeing him willing to admit that this kind of thing, maybe it's not him, but his boy, 
But at the same point, the loss is so big, it's crazy thinking back to where they come from. But it's also, I feel like it's also in a way like you need to admit when you've lost so that you can grow from that. Like if you keep acting like the L's ain't nothing and that you ain't going to take any, it's like you ain't really going to learn. Like you need to take that L to realize like how also, do you make it better? How do you, how do you do I just, it? I feel like by comparison, Conway just has like a, a, a more interesting tone to the way he does it. Like now, now it's a driveway full of foreigns, bitch. Look at these woe. You people broke, I can tell. I'm about to drop this new shit in a goat album fail. You people talking all spicy, but how much did your album sell? Pearson, I would still have a bag if I ain't having a no album deal for real. And that's that level of confidence that I think is more interesting. I'm going to put out this album. I got this thing going. It's going to be great. But on the other hand, even if I had no album, I still have money. On the other hand, how much are you guys even selling for all this shit you're talking about? And it's like... The way he asks these questions and the way he puts it, again, to me, frames thinking. Whereas Bernard just flosses in a really direct way and um, other people are less interesting than him is all I got from his verse. So I wasn't really sold on it in, in terms of my interest to him. Like, I wouldn't go necessarily, like, look him up more, but I think he worked really well on this track. And I'm giving it a 4.5 on 5 because it's pretty dope. Might as well give it a 4.5 on 5 next track or skit or whatever it's a little short guy it's called survival i really wasn't sure who it was that was talking here but it was really it was really inspirational because it's kind of like yo when you get people out of adverse situations your mentality and how you perceive the world shifts and when you kind of take a look at people let's say in the hood in an environment where people may kill you where maybe crack is being sold and things like that you kind of uh, end up with a, if you don't do something for me, fuck you, like, what can you do for me kind of mentality, which honestly isn't conducive to middle class politeness and shit, and I think what he's trying to point out is when you get out of that, you finally get over some of the reservations and develop some trust that maybe there's just actual genuine kindness in the world and crap like that, but then you look back at the hood situation, and you're supposed to have a certain degree of empathy, because when you know that struggle, and how much the environment impacts you as a person, it's like it's challenging for those people to see things the way you can from almost the privileged position of not being in that environment and it's almost like a call to everyone listening to it to understand what certain people are going through but simultaneously letting pe people in that environment know that if they can get out of that environment they can see a different side of life and that maybe the whole world isn't what they've seen and i just thought it was pretty inspirational and dope so i give it a five and five on five um, the way I kind of understood this is, I guess, similar the same way from how you broke it down. But I kind of took it as they're for, uh, coming from like these areas, uh, ghetto project, hood areas, or however you want to look at it. Um, there's kind of like this certain survival mentality that you're just instilled with because of like just the atmosphere, whether it's violence, drugs, economic, however you want to look at it, right? Um, and then it kind of flips up on this play of like getting out of the survival mode which i really like uh, kind of like being more vulnerable being a little bit more open to certain things being a little bit more like how do we kind of, i guess move forward maybe not so less survival-ish but like how do we how do we change how do we do something different right and then the way that the way i kind of took it as well is like and understand you put a person in survival mode they gonna survive by any means and it's like um, and you, okay, so no, he goes, and you can't fault them. You just gotta, you gotta kind of empathize with the scenario and you, un and understand you put a person in survival mode, they go survive by any means. And it's like, 
even if you are first put in this scenario or this uh, situation where you're bred to be uh, in survival mode, you come out of it, it's like, it's really easy to go back into it once you get into a situation. Also, I kind of look at it as like, if you're somebody who maybe have been privileged or not had to live this type of atmosphere or these experiences, even these people, if they're put in a situation, they're going to go to survival mode, whatever that means. If that means they turn into some monster or some like super crazy whatever dude that gets out of a problem. Like there's always this idea that we have this mode and that's kind of how I took it, which I thought was really, really cool and kind of like tread, tread lightly on who you're fucking with, on who you, on what you want to do because you don't know what's going to ever happen in, in people's heads. So that's what I kind of took from that. I mean, I definitely think the goal of this was to convey that people who are put into desperate circumstances are going to behave desperate. Uh, I don't know if it's about crossing people per se. It's it's really describing like if a dude has to go fucking hustle to feed himself and have fucking clothes for school, mm-hmm. type basic necessity shit, then man's might come out there and shoot you. Yeah, because he's in a world that might make him more likely to shoot you because of the level of desperation and shit. It's survival. You'll do whatever you have to do. On the other hand, you take that same kid and you make sure he's clothed and fed and you put him in a nice environment and he's probably not going to shoot you. I believe that's the point. And then, again, a call for empathy literally is just you got to empathize with the scenario. You have to, like... Take a look at a person. Let's say you see a person spazzing out and being rageful. Are you going to judge them? Or are you going to maybe try to understand why they're like that? And how can we resolve the situation? How can we get people to a better place in life? Which I think is... and Okay, so I, I'm starting to understand, I guess, another perspective of it. Because I think that's also something we should be doing. Is like, instead of automatically just prejudging that this person is XYZ because of their outbursts or whatnot, you should take that time to be open-minded and try to understand I mean, literally, the song very much emphasizes on environment. Like, you get people out of survival mode. And so, if you're broke, if you don't have enough money for food, you're going to feel desperate. The second you have enough money for food, you're not going to feel desperate anymore. It's just like a pretty universal thing. Right. Uh, anyway. I gave it a, um, overall, give me a second. I gave it a 4.2 on 5. Fair enough. This ends us on the last track on this project, which is called Don't Judge Me. Okay, don't judge me, people. I like this song. I thought it was a really cool end to the album, right? Because it's almost like you get this certain image of Conway, this almost emotionless, powerful figure, stoic to the point. And then you get this whole, like, other side to him where it's really not like that. It's more he's giving you everything that he is, and he's just putting it out exactly how he sees it and it might come off a certain way but the truth is he wears his heart on his sleeve don't judge him he's speaking his mind at the wrong fucking time but fuck it don't judge him wear my emotions on my sleeve so now i just picture him like a guy who's so passionate in these moments he might say the wrong thing or he words it in a way that maybe you can't appreciate but it's all coming from like the best possible place and whatnot and he's 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 gone through so much and there is an emotional side to him granted we haven't seen it much on this project until this very track but i thought that was really cool that he he went ahead and and kind of brought us there to almost humanize him a bit at the end of this album for me um it was interesting to the the concept of wearing his heart on his sleeve now this just may be my lack of information or understanding of that saying but for me whenever i heard it it meant 
I kind of took it as like you're very uh, you know emotional you you like love very quickly and all this stuff and I feel like the way that Conway is expressing it is that he's wearing his heart on his sleeve in terms of just being brutally honest like it's not about oh I'm in love with this person or I fall in love so hard or such and such whatever it's more like in my heart this is what I had to do to survive uh, this is the things I had to do to get successful to get where I'm at to make sure that my squad my family and the people that I, I look out for are good given the circumstances and everything and this is like more than just uh, passion I feel like he's using the heart to indicate his life like I wear my life on my sleeve everybody can kind of see it I'm not trying to hide anything I'm trying to be as open as possible and you're right, it's not really a side of Conway the Machine that I've actually seen so far. And it's really, really interesting that he chose to end this project on this uh, type of note. Like, not saying he's like asking for forgiveness or anything like that, or not not, not saying that, but it's it's like, this is what I go through, this is where, where I've been, this is what we, like this is what, you know, Griselda is and, and what like the whole movement, but at the same time, remember I'm also a person. And that's kind of what I got from this song is like, I might be this big nonchalant boss dude who's really grinding and fucking inspiring you guys to do everything. But just, you know, as y'all are doing your shit and, and being inspired by our music, remember, we're still people. We still feel things. We still got shit that goes on. So yeah. that's something I took from that. That was really cool. Um, in verse two, and this is what really kind of brought that aspect was, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't seen my son since last Christmas. I know. I could have reached out, but I don't do the ass kissing. Not at all. Don't judge me because I'm a with too much pride. Way too much pride. Now, that's really, really, that's like some real shit where he is acknowledging that he's not being maybe the greatest father or whatnot, but he's also being honest with us and saying like, I know why I'm not doing these things. I know that I deal with so much pride that I can't even get myself to ask kiss my son like if my son no, wants to talk I, to me i think what me. really brings it is the next part where he goes i want to get past the past all i can do is try but when i try everything i do it gets scrutinized but i ain't never given up from my youth i'm a rod i hope one day you can find it in your heart to forget if you can't then i respect it it is what it is listen everybody is food and now i'm three for three don't judge me i'm just being me so it feels like on the one hand there's the angle of his pride getting in the way and maybe he can't his attitude complicates situations but on the other hand you get this feeling of there's another side to the story right and other people maybe ridicule him or push him so let's say he comes in and he tries to do it right and then somebody triggers him and it just kind of goes into the same routine but the meanwhile it's like he's willing to go through what he needs to do as long as there's a way forward and he'll keep trying to hit it up. He'll keep trying to get past whatever it is, but acknowledging that his pride kind of gets in the way. Again, it's just really humanizing stuff to listen to, and I thought that was really interesting, but almost precautionary, like, don't let the pride get in the way. This is my sin. This is my vice, and letting us know that he's not a flawless person, and I think that's really cool. You know what's interesting though also? Um, this isn't the I, this isn't the first time I've seen this happen on a Griselda project. I think uh, West Side Gun did it as well, kinda like on the last couple of tracks he was very different. It was more, as you say, humanizing. Um, and I think it's cool that this, I don't know if this is a trend that they do or whatever, but I think it's cool that I've noticed that on different projects. Cause it's like, again, they're still like, yo, we might 
have this image or whatever but just keep in mind we are all still people just like you we still deal with our shit and that that i like that when artists really get into that bag i really like to connect with that because it's like i i look at you as the well, superheroes i don't, I don't and shit. feel like like it's meant to be just like me i think it's meant to be like everything i'm giving you in is this music is my life this is like a direct it's like i'm trying to connect with you at a visceral level mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's necessarily like you and i are the same it's more to me like look man i actually had these warrants i actually went out there and did this so yeah my music sounds this way but understand that it sounds this way and it is this thing because this was my life and i'm just sharing with you mm-hmm. i give you my life i'm gonna give you my word i'm gonna give you my story no the shit is just is just not worth shit so vivid feel like you're still on that curb when that fiend came pregnant and she still got served so it's letting you know like you know this actually happened this is actually the world i come from and like unlike a lot of people or maybe it's fantasy or maybe it's grandiose or maybe it's blowing out of proportion he's saying this is it i'm instead of trying to like fake it i'm gonna give you these things and i'll let you know it's real here's some more real shit that you can connect with but again going on that more personal level i think is interesting but and so on the i get what you're you like i feel like you're trying to convey like it's interesting to let the artist has the artist let you in a little bit so that you can kind of connect with them but i definitely don't feel like he's trying to be just like you i think Mm -hmm. he's trying to say these are my flaws this is my story and through my honesty let's connect i bet your story is interesting too type shit so i thought it was really really powerful and i gave it a 4.75 i thought it was a great way to end this project i actually gave this song a five on five i really really like this song like just overall the production the feel to it his like his thought like th- there's a certain softness to the voice as well like just everything was really cool yeah so i thought it was pretty dope all things considered and i guess that brings us to the end of everybody is food three so i guess we still have to listen to one and two because now we've listened to three three was really dope it's a 4.602 i'd say as far as like the quality of it goes if like it was a full project and it wasn't just like six or i guess seven songs so it was like 15 i'd be calling this a fucking modern classic i think it's of the quality i think it's everything i've come to like expect from griselda great bars great flows tightness like clear lyrics like you gotta understand at a rapping level these guys show the 10,000 hours of practice to be able to drop a finessed flow all three of them that i heard um so i i just have a lot of respect for the actual adherence to the craft of rapping that they bring to the table of great lyricism so it's just it's such an enjoyable experience the way they hit these beats and everything and that's dope so that's what i thought about this project i gave this project a 4.52 i really really enjoyed it I'm still on the Griselda bandwagon. I'm still going at it, and you know what? I'm really, I'm really starting to grow on these uh, projects that we're gonna keep doing for until I guess whenever you decide we're stopping. Well, next week the big project comes out, so they'll next, let us. Next know. week I turn 26. I'm not here. Well, then you're missing the Griselda project. That's not my problem. I go celebrate my birthday. Well, you see where Chris's priorities lie. But next week Griselda drops, and, and that's who? What's and, up. and where were you on your birthday? 
I don't know. You were here. If Griselda was dropping, I'd be doing. They did. I had to do Hermes. That's not the same thing as the Griselda Shady Records album. Wow. That's like a big deal. Wow. West Side. Do you hear this? Not to say Hitler's wears Hermes Seven isn't an important project, but it's not the same thing to me. I'm okay. You can do what you want, Chris. You can do what you want. Thank- 4.52 on 5 for the project. So thank you all for watching. Totally appreciate you being here with us. Feel free to leave a comment letting us know what you thought about anything. Let us know if you think Chris should join us next week for his birthday or if he should go get laid. He should go get laid. Let's be real. I, yeah, what? <laughs> he can do both. You can tell him that too and we accept. Um, anyway. Uh, you can let us know what you think about all of it. Are you excited for the Griselda Records project? Um, anyway, like the video if you did like it. Subscribe to the channel for more reviews. Special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, CJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, uh, and Coney Sparks. They're dope. They helped us get a new camera. Helped us get on Spotify and iTunes or Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. And they support what we do. They also get to tell us what albums they want to see us review. So you'll see a few of those coming in the near future. And, uh, yeah, uh, we also make music, so you can check that out on Spotify and whatnot. I put out a project called The Alternative Grind recently, and I, I would love to know what you think about that. I've got an album coming. That's true. And we look forward to recording our fourth review of the day in a couple of seconds. So on that note, live long and prosper, and coffee is Bye, a godsend. Guys. Oh, God, coffee, yeah.